And uh, uh, ha ha, on your rod, time is perfect. Happy Easter to you. Our Lord's alive, amen? And prepare ourselves for worship and celebration. Dan's going to open our service with a piece on the piano. Thank you, Dan. Yes, Christ is alive. Amen? Why don't you stand with me as we sing this medley? Christ is alive. Sing along with us. Celebrate today. Because Cause I know He 
the future and my is worth the living just because he lives and life is worth the living just because he lives this chorus says he's alive forever he's alive sing with us here we go He's alive, 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 hallelujah, alive, praise and glory to the Lamb. Alive, 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 hallelujah, alive, forever, amen. Sing that again. He's alive, 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 hallelujah. Alive, praise and glory to the Lamb. Alive, 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 hallelujah, alive forever, amen. We know this. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose the victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with the saints to reign. Here we go now. He's alive, 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 hallelujah, alive, praise and glory to the Lamb. Alive, 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 hallelujah, alive. He's alive, 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 hallelujah, alive, praise and glory to the Lamb, alive, 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 hallelujah, alive, forever, amen. He is Lord. Sing it out. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead. And He is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord. That Jesus Christ Lord, a hand this morning. Amen. Praise him. Be seated, please. I hope you have a glorious resurrection day with your family uh, here at Bethlehem and friends, and then a great day with. Uh, with, uh, with your family, if you do any 
hiding eggs or uh, eating a lot of good groceries, whatever the case may be. But thank you for being with us here today. If you're here and this is your first time with us, again, we're delighted to have you. Uh, in the seat right in front of you, there's a guest card. Um, if you would fill that out, and at the end of the service, there will be a couple ladies at a guest um, reception table back here in our foyer, and we've got a free gift for you. If you'll give that guest card to them, uh, they'll have a free gift for you just as a way of saying thank you for being here. Um, as you can tell, VBS is around the corner. We've got a couple of things set up over here. Uh, if you've already planned to help, thank you for that. Uh, if you're interested in any way, please sign up um, so that we can just get a record of where we need to put people for uh, the upcoming weeks because VBS will be here in just, I think, 10, 9, 9, nine short weeks uh, as well. With that being said, ushers, let me have you men um, come on forward this morning. And as they come, you, um, you give as the Lord would have you to as an offering of worship here today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And we thank you for the privilege of being in your house today. Lord, I ask with all of my heart that you will touch every individual in this room. Touch every child in the nursery to every precious child in the preschool ministry. Um, God, I know they're jam-packed over there. Thank you for the leaders that are there as well, uh, loving on them. Meet with us today, dear God, uh, in a special way. Uh, may we not take today for granted. Uh, may you grant um, provisions of grace. Um, and Lord, even in such days as this, I pray for safety among churches. And God, that people would come to know Jesus Christ as Lord um, in a special way. Uh, in the churches in this community. Uh, and Father, I pray today that for someone that is here by a divine appointment that does not know you, that that person's heart would be awakened uh, to new life in Jesus Christ. And we make this prayer in his name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Oh, I celebrate today that my Redeemer lives. Amen. Yeah, I know that my Savior is alive and well. And I want to celebrate him as we sing these many songs because my Redeemer lives. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Sons of men and angels say, Hallelujah! Raise your joys and triumphs high. Hallelujah! Sing ye heavens and earth reply. Hallelujah! Lives again our glorious King. Hallelujah! Where all death is now thy sting, hallelujah. Dying once be all the same, hallelujah. Where thy victory, O grave, hallelujah. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives. I know He rescued my soul, 
His blood has covered my sin. I believe. I believe. My shame He's taken away. My pain is healed in His name. I believe. I believe. I'll raise the banner. Because my Lord has conquered the grave. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. Do you know that He lives? Sing in this chorus. I know my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives. Let all creation testify. Let this life within me cry. I know my Redeemer lives. You know this? He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives salvation to impart you ask me how I know he lives he lives within my heart stand with me as we sing the come on I know my redeemer lives I know my Redeemer lives. Let all creation testify. His life within me cries. I know my Redeemer lives. My Redeemer. Lives. My Redeemer lives. And He is exalted on high. I want you to join with the choir as we sing this song that the choir did last week as part of the ending of their cantata. I want us to do it together, worship that there's what a beautiful name our Lord is, and we exalt Him, our risen Savior. Praise Him, dear. the words will be on the screen. What a name, the name above all others, the glorious name of Jesus. You were the Word at the beginning. 
one with God the Lord most high your hidden glory in creation now revealed in you our Christ what a beautiful name it is what a beautiful name it is the name of Jesus Christ what a beautiful name it is nothing compares to this what a beautiful name it is the name of jesus you didn't want heaven without us so jesus you brought heaven My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ. Lord. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to what a wonderful name it is the name of jesus what a wonderful name it is the name of jesus death could not hold you the veil tore before you you silenced the boast of sin and grave the heavens are roaring the praise of your glory for you are the race to life again you have no rival you have no equal now and forever God you reign Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. In Him will I trust. Praise 
the name of Jesus. Sing it again. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer, and Him will I trust. Praise the name of God is good all the time. God is good. Hope you have God's word with you this morning. I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke today. Luke chapter 24. We'll be reading a familiar passage of Scripture as we uh, glean from the resurrection morning uh, some 2,000 years ago. And we're going to see exactly what uh, our Lord has to say through His word to us here today. Luke chapter 24, let's begin reading in verse number 1. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Heavenly Father, As we gather here this morning, we do so not because we're good, but because we're yours. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would open up the eyes of our hearts, that your sayings would sink deep into our ears. And Lord, I pray that there would be no event or uh, situation that we've encountered from this past week that would eclipse us from meeting with you. Lord Jesus, I pray that the simple gospel of your death, burial, and resurrection 
God would be so crystal clear here today that, Lord, we can aptly apply it to our lives and, Lord, that you can live your glory through us. Thank you for hearing this prayer, and I trust you to do an amazing work that would um, leave us in just quiet admiration of the greatness of your beautiful name as we just sang about. In Jesus' name I pray, and every heart said, Amen and amen. Going to start a sermon series today and carry on through the next several weeks. Simply titled, Remember When. Remember When. Uh, The older you get, the more you look back. Is that not the case? Uh, The older you go throughout your life, uh, it's very easy to reflect with nostalgia as you just reflect on events that happen. I I can recall Easter's uh, from days uh, and years uh, gone by, just um, coming home from Indian Trail First Baptist, going to my grandparents' house. My grandmother is here, and uh, Wanda, a dear a family member, cousin, is here as well. And we would go over to my grandma and grandpa's house, hide Easter eggs, uh, get an Easter basket, and um, then we would just crash the rest of the afternoon. And that was when you had spring break and Easter break all in one, and then you'd have five days where you could just sit around and do absolutely, teetotally nothing. And uh, just enjoy Uh, enjoy that. I miss that. Um, I love my life now, but I still miss that. How can you have two parallel... It's hot in here, isn't it? I'm about to burn up up here. Um, How can the world... Can you have two parallels and and you love them just the same? You, You love what you have now, but you miss what once was. Well, here in the New Testament, these ladies go to the tomb on the first day of the week, on their Sabbath, on what would be their Monday. And as they go to this tomb, they encounter a situation and they are told, remember when, remember what you've been told. So let's look, look at what the Bible has to say. I want to talk about three facets of truth here from Luke 24. The first one is I want you to notice an unexpected situation, an unexpected situation. The Bible says in verse number 2 that they found the stone rolled from the tomb. They went in the first day of the week. They had no intentions of seeing a resurrected Lord Jesus. As a matter of fact, they went with all intents and purposes of finding a deceased Lord Jesus. They carried spices. That is, they carried more embalming fluid. That's what they would use to preserve Uh, the body in those moments. So they went with no hope whatsoever. These ladies had followed Jesus the course of his ministry. As they followed Jesus during the course of of his ministry, somewhere down the way, they heard the truths about his resurrection, but somehow they forgot it. It, they, They had this spiritual amnesia where, that's right, he did resurrect Lizzie. They, they, that is, they, they, they had this spiritual amnesia where they totally forgot, totally forgot what was even spoken. Well, they come to the tomb and they do so out of sheer duty. Sheer duty. Have you ever done something as a believer out of just sheer responsibility? It's just, it's just what you're to do. Some of you this morning, you got up, and I I dare say that some of you were able to get up the rest of the week, and it was easy. I was with someone this morning, and the person said, you know, this morning it was just hard to get here. Could could that just be the case? It can be easy to get things done Monday through Saturday, Jeremy, but something about God help my soul, Sunday, hell breaks loose. Does that break loose in your house? Is hell in my home only? 
If, not, if it's not in yours, listen, come to my house. I can give you some. Sunday mornings are difficult to get here. And by the time we're here, we say, whew, we finally here. Do you know why that one day of the week, that Sabbath day that is set apart for worship of our great king, the enemy knows it. And the enemy wants to do everything he can to keep you from worshiping the only one that is worthy of worship. But some things you do out of sheer responsibility. I told Christy yesterday, I said, it's Easter Sunday. We love Jesus. I'm a pastor. We got a triple whammy on our, our lives. Mark her down. It's going to be hard. You just prepare for hardship. But these ladies get up and they plug on. Let me give you a little nugget about the Christian life. If you listen, say amen. The drudgery of consistency is the hallmark of the Christian faith. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. But what is the last one? We forget about that one, don't we? Love, joy, peace, kindness, all boy, those sound great, but self-control, discipline. I want to tell you, my friend, discipline. Galatians 5, 23 tells me that the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. There are many times in your Christian journey you will engage activity out of sheer discipline because you know it's right. But these ladies go out of sheer discipline and sheer duty, and in those moments they encounter an unexpected situation. They're going there to encounter a dead body, but all of a sudden what they thought would, would, would be the case, you're going to anoint a body, the body's not even there. Let me tell you something about trials. It's not that trials are difficult in and of themselves, but what makes trials so extremely intense is their extreme suddenness and how unexplainable they are. We live knowing that one day we will die. But why is it that when death comes, we grieve and we're, we're hurt and we want to do everything we can to keep death from happening and then when death occurs, it is such a shock to us. Now, I'm not belittling death, but I want to let you know something very well. Just because you know it's coming, you can't eclipse the suddenness by which trials come. They just come out of left field sometimes. All of a sudden, an unexpected situation. They're going to anoint a deceased body. With all due courtesy, let me ask you this question. If you were to go to the tomb or the cemetery of a loved one, and you were to, and you were to see that, that, that the grave was totally uprooted, and the person, not only was it uprooted, but that person's body was gone, would that not addle you? I would call Burgess or Lancaster or uh, McLean. I, I would say, hey, uh, we just did this funeral. Where's the body? An unexpected situation. The Christian life is full of unexpected situations. Some of you in this, in this uh, place today, you have encountered some things as a believer and you thought you never would. Maybe as an unsaved person, you're here today and you may think my life has, has ended up in a way that I never thought it would. I didn't plan on it ending up. Like this. I want you to notice the second element here. An unplanned solution. Look at what the Bible says. An unplanned solution. It says in verse 4. They were greatly perplexed. Two men were standing by. Then the Bible says in verse 5. They were afraid. And they bowed their faces to the earth. Listen to this now. Here's the question. 
Why do you seek the living among the dead? An unplanned solution. Well, here was the solution with these men who accompanied the resurrection of our lovely Lord Jesus. They didn't say, well, here's the body. They said, why in the world are you looking for a living person among a place where deceased people exist or their bodies are? An unplanned solution. They didn't go there to find a resurrected Savior. They went there to find a dead Savior. Have you ever encountered an obstacle in life? And you've been analyzing that problem every which way. You've been praying over it every which way. But all of a sudden, you have an aha moment. And what you thought was such a difficult issue, all of a sudden God gives you supernatural wisdom on how to handle that problem. Let me give you this little example. Um, I've been, uh, I, I have a, uh, a hobby. I enjoy collecting rare Bibles. Um, I, I just, I enjoy doing that. Well, I'll scour eBay uh, for, uh, for these Bibles, for these good deals on these Bibles, but there's one particular Bible that is out of print. You cannot get it, and if you can find it, you have to chop off your arm to pay for it. It's extremely expensive. Well, I knew... Let me tell you something about a Myers. In Myers, I can't is not in our vocabulary. That, that does not exist. Now, the only time we use I can't is I can't live the Christian life. I, I can't do that. But I want, if there's a will, I will find out how to make it happen. So I, 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 I've been searching for this Bible for two and a half years. I came close twice. One time, I came so close that I told the lady that that's the Bible I want, that's, that, that, that is the Bible, and then somebody else messaged her on the computer, and she shipped the Bible to that person thinking it was me. And she said, I'm so sorry, Jason. I thought it was you that was contacting me again. I hope you can find your Bible. Well, now what? Fast forward another year, I finally found one on a Sunday night after church. I found it. I thought, this is just too good to be true. There are no watchers on this. If you've ever done eBay, you know people can watch it, and they can put in a bid at the last second or whatever. Man, I thought within the last hour, I had that Bible purchased. Within the last second and a half, I kid you not, Amanda, a guy swoops in and purchases my Bible. And I'm so irritated at this guy. I've never met him before in my life, but he got my Bible. And then all of a sudden I said, this just can't happen. Why don't I just put a post on Facebook? Nobody that I know would know about this, this Bible. I mean, I've got some pastor friends that, that might would know about this Bible. So I put it up on Facebook and I put the name of the Bible. And all of a sudden I said, nothing's going to happen. The next day, a friend of mine sends me a message, Jesse Watkins, a pastor in Concord. He says, hey, Jason, I think I found this Bible. And again, my doubt is there. Yeah, you found it, but you didn't find the exact one that I want. You, 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 you found something similar. Well, he says, what are you looking for? And I said, well, I'm looking for a Tan Thomas Nelson New King James Signature Series. That sounds like it's a new model race car. But uh, it's, it's a nice Bible. And I said, that's what I'm looking for. And all he responds with is sweet. And I thought, sweet. So it can't be that he found one. It can't be that he found one. Well, all of a sudden, it's who you know. He knows someone who is a part of this group on Facebook and yada, yada, yada. Well, anyway, this lady lives in Vancouver in Canada. And she just happened years ago to buy a Bible from a pastor. She had it sitting on her shelf, had not been using it. 
uh, I get the pictures of it on Facebook, and I think this is absolutely too good to be true. You say, Pastor, what'd you pay for it? Let me tell you what I paid for it. I bought it for a song and sung it myself. You know what I mean? Only God, and here it is, only God could do something like that. Well, you say, why do you tell that little story? Here's why. The unplanned solution. For two years, I struggled, laboring, searching websites, laboring, trying to find this particular Bible. And all of a sudden, I just said, my last-ditch effort, there's no way this could happen, but I'm just going to put this post on Facebook. And I happened to know the guy, went to, went to college with him, know him very well. Well, he knows someone in Vancouver, Canada, of all places, and I get this Bible shipped to me, almost in perfect condition, and now I have this an unplanned, Solution, But I want you to think about what God had to do to get this to me. That lady in Vancouver had to buy that Bible from that man. My friend Jesse had to connect with this lady through a Bible study Facebook group. And then I had to labor two years because somehow that lady came across it in recent years. And then I had to put that post on Facebook at the exact same time where that lady was willing to sell it. There are certain people that have things, but they're not willing to part from it. And she was willing to part from it at that moment. And I knew I better strike while the iron's hot and get it while the getting's good. An unplanned solution. Well, I hadn't thought about that. Why not put a post on Facebook? These ladies go to the tomb. As they go to the tomb, they've got an unplanned solution. How about this? I'll one-up you ladies. Rather than showing you where the dead body of Jesus is, I'm going to ask you a question. Why in the world are you looking to anoint a body that doesn't exist here? Wait a minute, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the one that is deceased is now alive. An unplanned solution. What if there's another solution? Some of you in this room have been beating your head against a wall trying to figure out a problem that you've got. You've been praying on it. You've been trying to just trust God with it. But all of a sudden, the solution may be more simple than you realize. And here's the way we present troubles. We trust God with our lists, but we don't trust Him with our lives. Listen to that. We trust God with what we're praying about specifically, but we're not holding it loosely, saying, Lord, whatever you want to do in these moments, I trust you wholly. You know more than me. I'm not you. His ways are not my ways. Listen to this. Isaiah 55, verses 6 and 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, we live in a day and age where we just throw things away. If it breaks, we don't fix it. We just chunk it. If your cell phone breaks, you're going to throw it away and probably get a new one. They don't make cars to last these days. They make throwaway cars. That's what you do. You don't buy cars. You lease them now. And that's, that, that, it, it's an upside-down life. We throw things away. We replace things. Well, God's ways are higher than our ways. God's ways, it says, if you're broke, I can fix you. I can restore you. 
Philippians 3, 7 through 9. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. You see, God doesn't just throw you away. Because we, as in our minds, our solutions to everything is let's just start new. Let's just get rid of this relationship, start a new one. Let's get rid of this area and let's start something new. Let's get rid of this school, let's go to this place. Let's get rid of this material possession, let's get something new. And when the new wears off of that, we get something else. We don't know how to be satisfied or content and, allow, and, and, and fix what we own. But God himself says, no, the unplanned solution is this. You're broken. You're beyond repair. You can't save yourself. But in Christ, you can be redeemed. Listen, you may feel helpless, but in Christ, you're not hopeless. If you have a heartbeat, you have hope. There is no such thing as a hopeless case for an individual. Do you realize that the only person, listen to this, the only person that God cannot save is an individual who refuses to be saved? That's it. God can do a major work. Billy Graham's with the Lord now. Who's God going to raise up? I got news for you. He can take somebody from ISIS if he so chooses, radically save that person, and he could be the next Billy Graham. You say, that can't be the case. Paul... He was, the, he, he was the, uh, the early church Isis. And who wrote the New Testament predominantly? Paul. God can use what he wants to. An unplanned solution. Well, he's not here. Now what are you going to do? How can we anoint a body that's not here? Well, thirdly, I want you to draw your attention to unearthing of sacred truth. Unearthing of sacred truth. My little boy Judah, he's out in the preschool ministry right now, but he loves to dig anything. He loves to dig in the dirt. If he, if he can be dirty, he likes to be dirty. If he's clean, he wants to get dirty. If it's a bath time, don't get him in the bath. He doesn't want his hair washed, doesn't want anything touched. He doesn't want anything wiped. He wants to stay dirty. He likes to unearth things. So those of you that know him very well, you know that he loves trash. Uh, a dear friend of ours gave my son in recent days a trash can. How about that? Have you ever given somebody a child as a trash can and they're happy about it? Jessica's here today and Amy, she's somewhere. She, they know our kids love trash. They like to be around trash. My son's got the best immune system of any kid on the planet because he's around trash. You say, as a good daddy, you wipe him off and you don't let him do it. Nope, I let him get in what he wants to. And I know that he, we can wipe it off and we can get it clean. He unearths things. Listen, my friend, your Christian journey is about unearthing sacred truth. I dare say some of us in this room, we walk in and we live, practically speaking, as atheists. That there is no God. You say, how dare you say that, Pastor? Listen to me. If He exists, then that area that you've been trusting Him with why in the world are you trying to solve it yourself? 
and he does exist. He's beyond your scope of imagination and understanding. But so many times we forget what the Word of God teaches. These precious ladies forgot what Jesus said. Notice what the Bible says in verse 6. He's not here, he's risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And the light bulb went off. They remembered his words. Let me read this to you. Luke chapter 9, in verses 21 and 22, Jesus says, He strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. After this, the Mount of Transfiguration takes place. Some great miracles take place. A little boy, demon-possessed, is healed. Well, Jesus says again, verse 43 of Luke 9, they were all amazed at all of the majesty of God, but while everyone marveled at all the things which Jesus did, he said to his disciples, let these words sink down into your ears. For the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of sinful men. But they did not understand this saying, and it was hidden from them, so that they did not perceive it and they were afraid to ask him about anything else listen my friend these precious folks had totally forgotten about what christ had said to them let me give you a principle about christian living if you're listening say amen don't forget in the dark what god told you in the light don't forget in the dark what god told you in the light wasn't planning on sharing this but it's just it's important isaiah 50 i'm gonna turn there pretty quick Isaiah 50 says it like this. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. Look, all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with sparks... Walk in the light of your fire, and in the sparks you have kindled, this you shall have from my hand, you will lie down in torment. You say, Pastor, what in the world did Isaiah just say? I'll tell you what he just said. He was prophesying, and in those moments, he was saying, you trust me in the darkness. Those of you that are kindling a fire, those of you that are wanting to walk by your own lamps, those of you that are wanting to trust your own ways, you go ahead and trust your own ways, but mark her down, you will lie down in torment. He is saying, you trust me in the dark as if you're in the light. That is Christian living. The dark night of a soul is not just a book title. It is reality. Charles Spurgeon would deal with such bouts of depression he couldn't even get up out of the bed some days. One of uh, our professors at CIU dealt with such despondency in his life, that he had to speak at a chapel service about it. Listen, just because you walk with Christ does not eliminate and alienate you from difficulties. And also mark this down, just because you walk intimately with him does not mean that he's going to one day remove that area that you struggle with. You're never going to get to the point where you say, hallelujah, that struggle's gone. Boy, if if that's you, let me know. That does not happen but what will happen is God teaches you how to have victory amidst that and you have to unearth sacred truth and remind yourself of what the Bible teaches 
But so many times it's easy. If we go through a difficulty, we want to call someone up and we want to hash out the difficulty so much, but we don't remind ourselves of what the Bible teaches. Psalm 90, I'm sorry, Psalm 40 says it this way. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. You see, early there in the book of Luke, Jesus said, let these words sink into your ears. My friend, if you don't allow the Word of God to sink into your ears, you're going to sink into your pit. And some of you in this place today are hanging by a thread from sinking into some pit. But if you don't allow the Word of God to seep and sink into you, something else will sink and seep into you. Every one of you in this room have a vacuum. And something or someone's going to fill that vacuum. You'll never get so spiritual in your Christian journey where you're not going to need the support from His Word. His Word is a lifeline. To know him. That is why Satan will do everything he can to keep you out of this book. The old preacher, whoever coined it, said it well. Sin will keep you from this book or this book will keep you from sin. One or the other. But if you don't let the words of this book sink into you, you're going to sink into mire. But the Bible says that they remembered his words. And after they remembered his words, then they were able to return with great joy. you got to remember what he told you. You have to understand what he words. But here is the default. God can't remind you of what you've never been told. Listen, God will not remind you of what you've never been told. God will not remind you of what you've never heard. If you're not putting the word into your life, He's not going to bring a scripture to your memory. He's got to have a well to draw from. God's not just going to speak to you one day and say, Jason, the book of Lamentations chapter 2 and verse 1 says this. He's never done, as close as I've gotten to him, Rodney, that's never happened. He's never spoke to me and said, Jason, the Bible says this in the book of Habakkuk. Go there and this is what it says. He'll never do that. But I'll tell you what he will do. He will remind me, Stacy, of what I've already read. He's got to have a well to draw, to, to draw from. So do you want to know why we get so uh, alienated and isolated in our trials? It might be because the words never truly saturated us. God, God cannot comfort with Scripture by which you have not learned His Scripture. God will use His Word to comfort His people. God will comfort His people through His people, yes, but He can only comfort His people through His people insofar as His people are filled with His Word. The Word is what changes us. The Word is what empowers us. The absolute, pure, unadulterated, perfect Word of God can change you. Hold up your Bible if you got one. Hold, hold it up. Hold it up nice and high. Shake it. All right? Any force of dark, she keeps shaking it. it mine, mine can take it because it's a well-built Bible. Listen, shaking it at the enemy saying, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you, man. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Cell phone can't shake. How about that? Amen, amen, amen. Say it out loud so yourself can hear it. 
Talk it out loud. He's my life. He's my Lord. People at Bojangles know it. People that drive down the road and see me, boy, they know it. They think I'm half, I'm half crazy as it is. But they really know he's a half kook as it is when he's going down the road talking to himself. King David did it, and I'm going to do it to it, Rob. I am going to also say, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Life's hard as it is. I don't need somebody to encourage me when I got his word to encourage me. I love to be encouraged by people. I'm that highest personality. I like people to like me. But I've learned this. When he loves me, I can enjoy life regardless of what life may throw at us. If you know that you're accepted in him, you can have joy. Why? You remember his words. Remember what he said. Open it up. You say, should you mark up your Bible? Absolutely. That's what makes it precious. Now, I've not taken a pen to this one yet. But mark it up. That's what makes it precious. You say you talk about phones. Do you use your phone? Absolutely. My goodness, I use my phone all the time with the, with, uh, uh, with the Word of God. BibleGateway.com. Praise the Lord for it. Go there every day. More than likely the first website I go to every single day. On the phone. Take screenshots of it. Go back through it. Remind myself of what the Bible teaches. They remembered his words. I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, but if I were to come to you and I were to say, ma'am, sir, could you give me a couple words from the verse of your favorite scripture? Could you do that? Now, I understand some of us learn scriptures better than others. Maybe we have a capacity to learn things better than others. We learn things through music. But there's something special about the Word of God. Now, beloved, I want to just ask you, if, if you can't give me a word or two from some Scripture, this is going to hurt, and I know it's Easter Sunday, and it's a great feel-good day, but if you can't give me some Scripture that you know, even a word or two, you need to check up on your intimacy with the Lord Jesus. You do. I can't be married to my precious wife for almost 10 years and just say, I don't know that much about her. I got to know what makes her click. I got to know about her. I got to learn her. You say, I just struggle to memorize the word. I just, I struggle to let it sink in to me. That's the key. You let it sink in. Write it on a card. Put it in front of you. I don't care if you butcher it. Just get it in your head. I got my grandmother's here this morning, and she gave this me to me here today. It's, it's the Bible, even on audio. Put it in your head. There's enough garbage that can get in your head. Why not put this in your head? You say, I just can't learn things. But my friend, how in the world can we, can we learn the top ten pop songs and rock songs of this day, but we can't learn the Word of God. You say, Pastor, you're meddling. No, this is my message, and this is what I'm going to say. Beloved, you and I must put our minds in the Word of God so that the Word of God can be in our minds, or else the culture will get into you. You say, the Bible says the gates of hell won't prevail, uh, won't prevail against um, the church, that Jesus said that. Let me tell you something. Hell ain't got a chance with the church. 
church is going to implode from the inside out. Mark her down. It'll implode. Dylan, it'll implode from the inside. I may, I may not live to see it, but Dylan, maybe your grandchild might live to see it, that it'll implode from the inside out. What does that mean? That means that people will wax worse and worse. What one generation does in moderation, the next generation is going to do it in excess. We live in a day and age where it is so easy to learn the Word of God that we have no excuse for our minds not to be filled with what this book teaches because this book holds the words of life. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. I'm going to quit. I'm not done, but I'm quitting. My friend, I want to tell you, they remembered his words. Are there any words that you can remember from his word? God is sitting on ready to meet with you when you meet with him. James 4 and verse 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Would you stand with me? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you as your people, not because we're worthy, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ that has so cleansed every sin. Father, I want to pray for my precious brothers and sisters in this room that, God, they may be struggling with an issue. God, would you maybe show them that there's a solution that they've not yet seen. It may be because they're holding so tight to the way that they would like a situation to turn out. But Lord, you're not here. You've risen. And Lord, for the person in this room that may be unsaved, I pray that you would awaken that heart, that that person would know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And God, that that individual would know that yes, our sin separates us from you. But by Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, the way to new life has been paved. That if we say yes to Christ and no to sin, we can be made right with you. And Lord, you don't make us perfect people, but you begin to develop a surrendered life within us. God, for the person in this room that is struggling when it comes to your word and Maybe they pick up your word every now and again. God, would you let Holy Spirit conviction awaken their hearts that, Lord, that they would spend time in your word letting the sayings of Christ marinate within their hearts and that they could stew and sink and let those words seep and sink into their hearts lest we fall or sink into our own pits. God, would you raise somebody out of a pit today? Would you raise a relationship out of a pit? God, would you raise a marriage out of a pit? Lord, would you put someone's feet back on solid rock that needs to be saved from this slimy pit that is sin? I trust you to do that right now. Why not even where you're standing say yes to Jesus Christ? Maybe come find your way around an altar and surrender afresh and anew to the Lord Jesus. Maybe you need to join this church. Why not you come forward and let us pray with you and welcome you and receive you into our, our church fellowship. God, move mightily today. For Jesus' sake I pray. Amen.
and amen. You do quickly and respond as our Lord leads today. Rockney, you lead us, friend. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. I come just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, Many a doubt, fightings within, and fears without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am. Poor wretched blind, side riches healing of the mind. Yea, all I need in thee to find, O Lamb of God, I come. I come. You know, boy, it's a blessing to watch uh, just generations kneel at an altar. You know, it's a, it's a sweet thing to watch children just come around children and uh, pray together. So, folks, that's something special. Don't take that for granted. Uh, that doesn't happen uh, with, 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 uh, in many places. Some kids could be doing whatever they want to do. But when you see kids kneel and pray, that's an amazing, amazing thing. I hope each and every one of you have a grand afternoon with your families. Again, if you are a guest, very thankful that you are here in attendance. As you leave today at this guest table out here, if you would drop off your card, uh, we'll have some ladies there that will give you uh, just a gift book for being here with us here today. Um, our bus team has been working very diligently, just to give you this last bit of good news, has been working diligently on finding a, uh, a, a great bus, uh, and I, we believe we have found that. Uh, as well. So uh, next Sunday, uh, the team will be bringing that forward to uh, vote upon a new bus, and Lord willing, have that here before we start summer, which will be a grand thing. Uh, so if you've been on the, our bus, you know it's a great thing that we'll be getting a new bus. Um, 